Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. come on. Lord, it is too much to handle. 
we both hugged each other after that prayer and sat down in the middle of the studio and cried. From then on, Joanne did the buying and the paperwork more from her home than in the studio. I still had to come in every day to run the studio. I had to cover her hours, which meant I sometimes spent 14 to 16 hours a day there. Having this business was taking a toll on both of us. Now we no longer had any money to cover our expenses. The leasing company sent us a letter a month later informing us that we were two months in arrears in back rent. Now they were taking us to court. We called Tom, our attorney, for advice. He met with us at the studio. We told him our situation. We didn't have any money in reserve, and according to the document, the landlord was going to enforce the full stipulation of the lease agreement, which was a total of $250,000 because we had signed a five-year lease. Tom called the lawyers of the landlord and tried to come up to some sort of settlement or agreement, but they were not receptive to the idea. On the day of our trial, Tom walked over to the landlord attorney again to see if he could work out an agreement for us to pay back the debt or be relieved from part of it. He told us, they won't give you ladies any concession. The judge had said the remaining cases would be heard after lunch. Our case was one of those. We left for lunch and we went to the cafeteria. Teresa, her husband, Jeff, Tom and I went to lunch. It was a pleasant lunch considering the plight we were facing. As we were about to walk into the courtroom, the landlord's attorney pulled Tom aside to talk to him. He walked back to us. Well, he said as he shook his head as if to say, this is incredible. They are going to drop the amount you owe them and you won't have to pay the rest of your five-year lease. (laughs) We were ecstatic. Tom said, the only thing is you have two weeks to vacate the premises. Initially, we were taken aback, but then we realized that this, too, was a direct answer to our prayer. Teresa and I looked at each other, though the reality of losing our studio was now penetrating our hearts. Today, the Lord was releasing us from that burden. Rebuke. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Matthew 10, 20. Family members ran the company I worked for after the studio closed. The patriarch of the family was the CEO of the firm. It employed over 180 workers. Some of the family members were very abusive to the workers, including incidents of sexual harassment. It isn't uncommon to, co- to come to work and see people in tears because they had just left a meeting with one of the family. Threats were made if devout loyalty wasn't displayed. Fear ran rampant amongst the people. If you didn't do what they wanted, how they wanted it done, and quickly, you were faced with the possibility of dismissal. At this time, I was growing a lot spiritually. I had just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began speaking in a heavenly language. It seemed as if my understanding of spiritual truths were increasing daily. The depravity of mankind was unveiled before me. I began to see more people hurting all around me. I began to reach out and talk to them. I tried to see if somehow I could help them. 
Over the years in various workplace environments, people have not liked me for one reason or another. Usually it's because of my strong work ethic and my consistent professional demeanor. I don't play up to supervisors or play office politics very well. I'm pretty straightforward. For instance, I wasn't going to befriend someone just because they were the people that everyone else felt was important. (coughs) I was becoming too dangerous in some people's eyes because I was too independent. I wasn't kowtowing to those who felt the need to control me. One particular day, a meeting was called that I was supposed to attend along with several other employees to discuss certain issues. I knew that the real reason was to make sure that I was under control. Certain individuals didn't like the fact that I wasn't doing some of the work that they felt I should do. But, hey, I didn't work for them. I worked for my boss, and he said I was doing a great job, and he told me not to worry about what others tried to get me to do. He would take care of it. I told my office mate, Sherry, that in our upcoming meeting, certain things might be said about me, and I didn't want her to try to defend me. Sherry, you just don't say anything, please. You're being paranoid. Nobody's going to do that, she said as she went off to the restroom. Sherry was fresh out of college and didn't understand the world of office politics. We both walked into the meeting, and as predicted, the meeting progressed exactly as I thought it would. Accusations and lies were then vehemently launched at me. I didn't say a word. This one particular woman who was the author of The Lies had more hidden agendas. She wanted to control my time at work. Again, I said nothing. It was then that Sherry spoke up and said, that's not fair. That is not what she does. She works extremely hard, and I see her working overtime almost every night. I tried to interrupt her, but she continued. I got out of my chair, told the people there that I was going to lunch, and I walked out. When I came back to the office, I noticed that Sherry was at her desk crying. Looking at me, I could tell she was visibly shaken. Don't don't, don't talk to me. Please, don't talk to me. They had gotten to her. I knew it. I grabbed her arm and pulled her into the conference room. Now tell me, Sherry, what did they do to you? She then began to tell me how... It was about seven people, got around her and told her that if she defended me again, she would lose her job. Now I was angry. Bullies. Um, That's kind of close enough to what I said. They couldn't get to me, so they got to her. This is abuse. I hate when people take advantage or lord power over others unfairly. I had just recently read a book by Mike Murdoch. In it, he states, what angers you the most is an indicator of an area God wants to use you to fix. Don't be afraid, I told her. You're not going to lose your job over me. I immediately stormed down the corridor to see the president of the corporation. I was going to tell him all the wrongdoings that were going on. People, as I passed them, looked at me. They knew I was angry. And they pretty much knew what it was about. Standing right outside of his door, I was about to knock when I was approached by my main nemesis. She stood between me and the door. What do you think you're doing? You can't go in there. 
I said some choice words and told her to move out of the way. (laughs) Knocking on the door, I heard the president say, come in. Now, Ben Hammond was a nice man whom people really admired, but he made the mistake of putting his family in key positions. They didn't know how to treat their employees, and I believe that they were not qualified for the positions. And out of their inability, they felt threatened. If anyone questioned them, they threatened them with the possibility of losing their job. One of the family members was suspected of using his power and making sexual advances to young women in the organization. I came in. I was nervous. Ben gestured for me to take a seat next to his desk. He could see that I was visibly shaken. You see, when I'm nervous, I tend to ramble on, and my voice gets shaking, crackling, and my eyes well up with tears. I sat down in the chair in front of his desk. I recounted to him what had happened at the meeting and the subsequent threats to Sherry. I told him about the other threats that had been told to me by other coworkers and suspicions surrounding his son of sexual misconduct. It was while I was talking that all of a sudden I stood up. And with my right arm extended, pointing at Ben, I said in an authoritative voice, if you do not stop what is going on in this place, it will be brought down. Whoa just happening to me. That wasn't me speaking. I didn't know what was happening. Now I'm scared. These words came from such a depth inside of me. I knew who was really using my mouth. God, I sat down nervously. What did you say to me? He said angrily. I don't know what happened, but all I know that it wasn't me talking to you, Mr. Hammond. I knew I must have seemed like a fool, but this was the truth. I did it even me. The situation became clear to me, and I told him that it wasn't me speaking to him, but God. I went on to say that if he wanted to fire me under the circumstances I understood, I did that. It, I had added that it never happened to me before. I knew it wasn't just me talking, but when I stood up, it was God. For the words you speak will not be yours; they will come from the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Matthew ten nineteen. He looked a little shaken. It's best you leave right now. I went back to my office to await my walking papers. Ironically, he didn't fire me, but I knew my days were numbered. Almost immediately, the company started to suffer losses and begin to go downhill. Tori, who knew nothing of my encounter with the president, left the company and took most of the clients. Also, he told me of an incident in Ben's office right before his departure. He told me that Ben had told him that because he had gone so much from his family while in the military, he felt guilty. He felt like he owed them the right to have part of the business. He let his wife and children run the business. And then he said to Tori, I know what they're going to do. They're going to ruin the business, but I have to let them do what they want to do. I knew what I heard, I heard is that this was the warning from God. Ben was going to listen to the family instead. I was subsequently let go due to downsizing. A year later, I came across a former employer, employee, and she told me the company was about to go out of business. It had started off with 180 people, and now it was down to less than 10. Thank you for listening, and tomorrow we'll have another reading from my book, Be Made Whole. You can go to Amazon and type in Be Made Whole. It's under my birth name, Kathy Armstrong. And until next time, be blessed.
To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go. your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. Long way. That's why we love you. Come on. 